Welcome to episode 27 of Crave the Book. Today we're going to be covering chapters 42 through 48 of Tracy Wolf's Crush. And some of my very, very favorite scenes from the book take place in this particular collection of chapters. So let's go ahead and jump right in. All right, guys, we've got a weird collection of occurrences. Not a lot really happened in chapters 42 through 48 of Crush, but some of my favorite moments happened at the same time, if if that makes sense. It's like not a lot actually happens to Grace, but some of my favorite interactions of the book happen during these chapters. Maybe maybe it's just me. Guys, there's a sound that you're going to want to listen out for if you don't want to have any of the other books spoiled for you and in some of court. Uh, Amber, do you want to tell them what that sound is? I don't know whether I've been unmuting myself this entire time. I assume that I have. You know, it's like an automatic response to like putting your seatbelt on, but I suddenly remembered. Oh, um, no. Right. So uh, the first thing that you need to do is, of course, listen out for the wolf howl. This will signify that everything that we've said beforehand will be... Um, based on the chapters that we have read for today's episode, but everything after the fact will be a spoiler. And this could go right up till court. I'm not really talking about things in court, but there are things that you get solved and a lot of the answers within court for. So I'll try and be as discreet as possible with what I say as the spoilers. But if if you don't want the books ruined, make sure to listen out for the howl and drop out and come back when you have read them. Perfect. All right. Well, we've got a lot to talk about. So, uh, and and Starla is only going to be here for an hour because I got to go watch a baby get born. So I... Um, literally. <laughs> literally, I have to go stand and watch a baby be born. So let... I and, love and, how you say stand. Just stand there watching. I am. I, I'm not... <laughs> Not oh, participating. That would, that would be that would be infuriating <laughs> if you're screaming, giving birth to a child, and someone's just sitting in a chair, like lounging in the corner. <laughs> like, <laughs> hope it's going well for you over there. All right. So um, we start off at the library where Jackson had set up his study date with Grace, and then she realizes that it's this whole big extravagant thing with flowers and music and candles, and then Jackson tells her that there's something in the microwave that can be reheated and it ends up being street tacos. But I just want to point out, and I'm sure that any of my taco frequent eaters can agree, um, street tacos reheated are not going to be good uh, because street tacos (laughs) are typically going to be corn tortillas, not flour. Flour tortillas tend to heat up a little bit, you know, better and corn, but when you try to reheat a corn tortilla in the microwave, it turns into corn tortilla mush. So, mm. yeah, I'm I'm imagining her trying to pick one up and it just disintegrating in her hand, and then you end up dropping all the meat and yeah. See, I didn't read it as that they were in the microwave. I read it as he mentioned that there was a microwave in the library if they needed it oh okay well either way i i'm that's what i figured was that he had put them in there to like don't you stick things in your microwave like if like oh i might i don't oh. want to i'm i don't want yeah. to refrigerate this item because then it will be cold i might eat this in the next hour so i'm going to place it in the microwave 
Yes. Okay. Like, am I crazy? Am I the only person who does it? <laughs> it's like a cupboard. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a special cupboard for the thing that you might but if eat you, in the next hour. if you hour. put it in with the tin soup, then that might be a bit weird. Yeah. But this is a cupboard specifically for things that you may want to eat later. <laughs> yeah, because if you put it in the micro or in the uh, refrigerator, then it'll take a long time to heat up. So. Yes. Anyway, um, so then we get <laughs> then we get our lovely phrase that the first time I read it, I laughed so loud, where. Hudson does the your or my brother gave you meat <laughs> a meat as a gift <laughs> a meat it's and I love how Grace was like they're not meat <laughs> they're tacos yeah and he's just like well they're consisted of meat am they're, I right <laughs> they're made of meat yeah <laughs> so next note is yours yeah so, so after the the taco scene and they start kind of having a bit of an argument um as as per usual mm-hmm. um hudson climbs up on top of a like small i'm i'm imagining it's like a hip height bookcase because mm-hmm. she says a short bookcase and he's like kind of sitting on it swinging his legs um and apparently there is a tiny gargoyle statue that amka had put there and he picks it up and he the words are like crushes it between his arms or something but it was such a throwaway little comment that it probably didn't register much to me reading for the first time but the second time reading it i was like oh like he's in the middle of an argument and he's grabbing a thing that he gets comfort from and it's a little gargoyle a, a little gargoyle like little stat like statue Aww. token things um but he also never puts it back oh maybe he pockets it <laughs> what i just thought it was a really cute little like oh like he's like taking a little like he's got a binky <laughs> that's something that we should tell uh lulu lucky to yeah to do a do some art of hudson sitting on the bookcase holding his little his little tiny gargoyle it's like a little like he's got like a little hug going on with this little like gargoyle (laughs) statue it was adorable hopefully it's not like it's not actually like a gargoyle baby that's just you know trapped in stone (laughs) amka has gargoyle babies all over the library and then one day it just he wakes up and there's a a baby in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's either that or it's a voodoo doll, and he's slowly suffocating. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, so, um, Jackson and Grace are starting to do a little bit of research on gargoyles because Hudson won't leave Grace alone, and all of their little romantic efforts are being ruined. Um, and this is where we kind of learn that Cyrus killed all of. The gargoyles, which we do get a little yep. bit more context about that in court, and I, mm-hmm. I won't spoil that. Um, but Grace's thought was definitely my thought as well. Like, how he killed all the gargoyles, yep. and I'm like, were there f- only a few of them? Did he travel the world mm. and kill all of them? <laughs> my question is so, you know, how when Grace goes to that party, that little like party that's all in her honor, uh-huh. and the four factions are there, and even though they've not necessarily been introduced, you can tell which faction is which. Yeah. I wonder whether there was like an identifier for gargoyles. Maybe they, like <laughs> because, they all had big like, noses or something, or I'm they... just, I'm just wondering, like, if. If Cyrus took part in genocide and went after all the gargoyles, how does he know without them going gargoyly on him? 
Yeah, yeah. I I mean, can maybe you... they all love like ascots or something. Are they if they so if you were to take just a roundup of random students from Catmere and put them all in a room, like would a paranormal be able to tell them all apart by smell, by appearance? <laughs> I don't like, know. I don't know. He'd probably definitely be able to do it by tasting their blood. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's a lengthy process. It's like you can't taste test an entire population. Ew. I, I just imagine him like walking up and just like just like licking everybody. <laughs> yeah. And like and, and, and did the sympathizers also get the chop too? Or was it just like straight up didn't matter, gargoyles only? Yeah. Because I'm sure that some of the vampires probably would have had an issue with it. Like, not all vampires are like Cyrus. Some of them are like Jackson. Some of them are like Mackay. Like, surely some of them would have had an issue with it. Did they also get booted or or killed? Like, excommunicated? <laughs> like, like, what? Apparently no one had an issue with it. He just killed them all. And then that was it. That was the end of the story. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I mean, obviously, some of the vampires didn't like it. Like, so, I'm... like, no one got no one got killed accidentally. Like, no, no one survived. Like, just by hiding. This sounds like a like another book. This, this is <laughs> like Anne Anne Frank of the Cockles. <laughs> <laughs> this is a separate story. This is a we need a we need a a backstory, Tracy. Yes. In case you're listening and taking requests, because we tend to do this almost every week. We're like, ah, yes, Tracy, write this down, write this down. <laughs> I don't think she's ever listening. <laughs> yeah, she's, she listened to, she said that she listened to the first episode. I reckon like she's going to go and binge listen to all of them when all of her books are out. And she's like, oh, I, I miss the world. <laughs> I can take a break. And then listen to every single one. And there'll be like 300 hours or something yeah. stupid of all these podcasts. And she's going to just be like overwhelmed by all the information. And all the theories. Or she'll start She's in like, the you're so wrong. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's all right. I've, for, for my book, The Channel, I'm starting to get everybody submitting their, their theories. And so some of them are just so wrong. And it's, it's just so funny. Um, I enjoy reading <laughs> completely wrong theories. It means that I'm doing a good job. So I'm sure that she would she would laugh at our theories. But um, so this is one of the scenes where I think Hudson is the most British. Um, and Grace kind of it's points he's it out. Most, he's most angry. He's most angry. But you know, this is not normal um, dialogue that you would hear in a book based around <laughs> american characters though amber i think that you've said it on multiple occasions that it is very uh exaggerated and i'm assuming yes not uh, not but but at the yeah. same time if not for throwing in those exaggerations the reader likely would not be able to really capture you know the the tone the thing, the thing is right it is it is really good like if if me or my husband were angry, we would probably sound like this because we do end up going very colloquial when we're angry. But this is a very London angry. Uh, so it's it doesn't sound quite 
succinct with me and that's because i am from somerset so my accent is more farmer slash pirate and (laughs) this is not this is this is very much london street angry (laughs) um definitely not london aristocrat angry either which is even more amusing um but the first sentence where he says oh you can bugger right off with that that is perfect i would say that my husband would say that that's great then it's um like using the like bullshite as well that was like "Mm, okay we probably would use that but on very rare occasions wanker absolutely we 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 pepper we pepper nice little bit of garnish salt and pepper seasoning in our conversation with bastard and wanker um but the word daft um didn't didn't quite make it there um daft means silly so like if you're that angry at someone and you say like don't come at me with that you're a silly silly you're silly (laughs) he's like oh no (laughs) um but swanning around like the bloody little fucking bastard that you are yeah swanning around i use all the time it's just like imagine swans on a lake like giving absolutely no shit what they're doing they're just like yep i belong here swanning (laughs) yeah these are not these are not we did none of these are things that you would say in america um even even bloody like we don't say bloody if you say bloody then you're referring to someone being covered in blood you know nobody says bloody that i didn't hear that term until harry potter and I didn't know what it really? meant. Yeah. And I had really? no idea. I was confused by it. I'm like, why do they keep calling? Why are there? I don't see any blood. I don't. I'd never heard it before. That's not. Oh. We don't say that see. at all here. <laughs> Nobody says that here. Oh. That would. No, ne- we use it interchangeably with the actual word bloody. So sometimes we get a bit confused because we're like, do you mean like actual blood or do you just mean like figuratively? Yeah. Annoying. No, we don't. We don't <laughs> say that at all. It's just a really. Yeah. Like, you're really bloody annoying. You're really annoying. Yeah. It's just a, it's an emphasizer. No, we just curse. <laughs> <laughs> I think that because, so so we're all brought up on the BBC. Mm-hmm. And when you are a young child, there are no curse words on the channels that you do watch. And we have a watershed. So up until like, I think it's 9 p.m., um, most channels will not feature swear words above a certain severity. Yeah. It used to, it um, used to kind of be like that. You weren't allowed to say, like, you couldn't say like shit and anything worse than that on TV. And you couldn't, mm-hmm. you couldn't say like, asshole if you were referring to the body part if you were calling someone an asshole you could say it but if you were referring to like the body part it got bleeped it was really weird oh but but they don't do that anymore it it changed when i was i mean you saw the the episode of south park where the the they're gonna say shit on television that was based on them finally allowing oh yeah okay yeah and even in even in songs they will um bleep it out they do that on the radio um, and they will also bleep out any drug-related words. Um, and sometimes that's really funny because it might not necessarily be a drug reference, but it's just been, like, triggered as one mm-hmm. on their system. So <laughs> it will remove it. Um, but, yeah, 
um, it was it was weird finding out that bloody was just not something yeah. that anybody else says because like even my nan says it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So what did you think about Grace comforting Hudson in front of Jackson? Where See, she's like, I don't. I didn't think that that was comforting. The way that she was. <laughs> Like, the way hey. that she reacted when when he first started her and she said her eyes went wild and and wide uh, as she realized that like everything was shaking and the walls were shaking if jackson didn't notice that she was immediately like shocked or taken aback or like concerned about whatever was going in her head and then her just going it's okay look at me look at me calm down if he didn't take that as she was literally trying to get him to like ground himself and get back to normality and breathing correctly and not so angry and took it as a, oh, there, there, it's okay, you little, so, so cute, it's fine. Then he's got the problem. That sounds like a him problem. Yeah, this was another, I mean, it's, I get it. I get that if you plan like a date and it all got ruined, you'd be frustrated. But this is one of those scenes where Jackson just, he, he ticked me off where he's like, oh, you're going to pay more attention to Hudson than me. Like, yeah. And, and really, really irritating is that they still leave that goddamn date not learning anything. Yeah. Oh, my God. How many times have people sat her down or done their own research, got the books out and then they leave? Yep. Did not did not even hardly. I mean, they, she they, didn't take them back to her bedroom to like research herself. Like it, it seems like the only times that she actually learns about being a gargoyle is when it's thrust upon her and she has to suddenly like re realize like, oh, this is part of being a gargoyle. Yeah. The, the, Jackson did reveal to her that ja or that uh, gargoyles are protectors. And then in the same scene, he says that he will protect her. And then she gets yeah. super upset. And I'm wondering, I'm like, man, I wonder if her, if the whole like being a protector, because she said that it like clicked into place. Like it just, it felt right when, yeah. once she heard it. Maybe that's the reason why there's so much conflict between her and Jackson, where he wants to protect her. But literally her, her purpose in the world is to protect. So it's, it's like messing up her, her instincts. It would be like taking a, I don't know, like a working dog and saying, oh, you you must sit all the time. You're not allowed to do anything. You must sit. Mm -hmm. And Yeah, that's th a good reference. They would just go nuts. Um, so I think that that's where she's like, she's getting itchy. Like, I can't. I <laughs> You cannot. Yeah. And, mean, and meanwhile, she calls him saying, like, saying that he's just moral support. And he gets pissed at her for even, like, he's like, I don't like that term. I don't want to be referred to as that. And she's like, but you are moral support. Surely everybody would want to be someone's moral support. That's not... It's not a slur. It's not a demoralizing term. It's not a bad title to give someone. It's you are moral support. You are the person that that one person needs to be their cheerleader. Yeah, to stay sane. And he and he and he doesn't like that. He's yeah. like, nope, don't like that at all. And it's because he has to sit on the sidelines sometimes, and he doesn't like it because he's always been center of attention. Yeah, yeah. He's As you can tell, we don't like him. <laughs> He's fine as a person. He's just not good for he's not good for Grace. He's very um emotionally immature compared to Hudson. And it's I, not me, it's him. <laughs> yeah. I know that we we often have um people comment and say that they 
you know, that they prefer Jackson. And I've seen a lot of people who say even after reading like the full series, they're like, I, you know, I, I hate this series because uh, Hudson stole Grace from Jackson. And, you know, I think that it's a lot of cultural differences just because the book is released in so many different countries now. I've, I've said it before, but I think that culturally the having the the man who protects you and is your guardian and keeps you safe and, and you get provider to, yeah your provider that's that is more common in some countries and more more desired in some countries than than others and i know in the u.s um it's that's not I mean, I'm sure that there are, you know, because the U.S. is such a melting pot, I'm sure that there are plenty of people who do want that. But for the most part, um, us it's just... Not, it's not wrong to want it. It's no. not wrong to crave somebody to look after you and to protect you and to provide for you. But at the same time, you have just as much right as they do to be the provider, to be the breadwinner, right. to be the person to protect. It doesn't make um, Grace the... wrong for what she's no. doing. Especially in terms of, like, parenting as well, like surely you would want your mum and your dad to protect you equally. Mm -hmm. You don't want the dad to be the one that comes out with the shotgun to defend you and the mum is a shrinking violet. You would want them to both be just as invested in your safety as each other. And if the dad is away, you would still expect the mum to be able to provide for her children. Especially it with paranormal. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter about the sex. It's just the fact that if you ex assume, if you assume that the other person in your relationship is the shrinking violet, is the pathetic one, is the one that's useless and can't defend herself or herself or themselves, then you haven't really had a conversation with them at all because they might actually prefer to be the one that saves themselves. Yeah. Yeah, there's and there's nothing wrong with either side. There's it's it's just you have to make sure that that your partner is on board with your morals and values before you get too invested. Mm -hmm. That's an early relationship. Yeah. And finances as well. Like, for example, that whole fight of whether you're going Dutch on a check, like, yeah. like you go on a date and you start arguing with each other as to who pays for the meal. Like sometimes it might actually be beneficial for you both to split it. It doesn't it doesn't mean that any one of you is less worthy because you couldn't do it. It actually means that you're forming a stronger relationship because both of you could concede. Yeah. Absolutely. Um so after the date, they walk back to Grace's room and, I mean, Jackson kind of mm -hmm. tries to make a move and Grace is like, hmm, kind of weird. Hudson's here. <laughs> Three's a crowd. So Jackson ends up leaving. But um, she also didn't sound very um, interested in making out anyway. Yeah. Like the way that she was, the way that she was talking about it, she was just like, oh, like after having that date, like I, the last thing that I actually want is to make out and and to be kissing and like to know that hudson can hear everything that i'm thinking when i am kissing him and it's like girl if you want to kiss him kiss him like it shouldn't have to be a a a result of what the day had gone like yeah like my day could have been the shittest day on earth it could have been the worst day i could have 
argued with my Hudson, my Hudson, my husband <laughs> at every opportunity and literally had the worst day ever. But I would still have absolutely no issues in just going for a kiss if I wanted one. I'd, yeah. I'd just, I think that she's having her own doubts already anyway. Yeah, I mean, it. it should be easy and it's not. Yeah. And I still think that there's some, like, there's some, I don't know. I guess that would be a spoiler <laughs> and I don't want to, I don't want to get, I'll, I'll, we'll wait I'll, for the hell. Hold that, hold that thought. Hold that thought. So they get Add to the spoiler so you don't forget. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll remember. Okay. Um, so they get back in Grace's room and she realizes that she needs to take a shower. And I, I feel like this is one of the moments when we see them most, like, I don't know. That, like, bit of humanity out of Hudson where she's, like, thinking, oh, my God, I can't take a shower. He'll see me. I, I don't want to get naked in front of him. And he's just like, mm -hmm. I wouldn't do that. Like, he's, he's yeah. you know, he's, like, I will go into this, I'm like. not a predator. <laughs> yeah, I'll go. I will go. I will recede so far into my mind that it allows you for some privacy. And I love I your also note. Has to, yeah. Yeah, has she not peed or pooped yet? Like, has she not done anything that actually, if you were tied to someone, if you were handcuffed to somebody and you had to go and do really intimate things, like just get on with your day, would you also have not peed or pooped at any point? Why is shower or getting dressed? Like, has she not done any of those yet? I don't, I don't understand why she's suddenly like, oh, he's going to see me naked. Yeah. And, and, Grace, honey, a diet of pop tarts and granola bars. You are not regular. Like you need, <laughs> you need some vegetables, and yeah, yeah, you are. Your poops are probably not the healthiest, so she's she's probably in there for a long time. Like, yep. Do you reckon he could smell it too? Oh, that would be really bad too, because it's the you know the like tiny little dorm room type, mm -hmm. uh, with the bathroom right off to the side. Uh, yeah. That's I, I always have that fear if I'm like, you know, in a small space. Like today I'm going to be in a hospital, so I'm going to make sure that I go to the bathroom first because it's like, uh, the smell seeps under the door. Uh, that's all. No. Um, you need to take some VI poo with you. VI. <laughs> um, another one of my favorite moments is when the alarm clock is going off. And everybody's just like, turn it off, turn it off, make it stop. And I don't, that just, it, it, you, have you ever just like had a sleepover with somebody or, you know, you just wake up and the alarm, the alarm is blaring and it, everybody just is thinking the same thing. Like, just make the sound stop. Yeah, it's like a specifically like when you've got your phone set to have an alarm every day at a specific time, but then it's like a bank holiday one day. Yeah. And it goes off anyway at exactly the same time. Even though you know you don't need to get up, you're still just like, oh yeah, because of my one moment of just going, I don't need to remove my alarm last <laughs> night. Now I'm awake at quarter to seven on a day I don't need to be awake. <laughs> oh, I just turn that, I just turn it off. I go right back to sleep. Yeah. See, my alarm is like I I wake up immediately. I've I is I've never snoozed an alarm ever. I know that's that's but a lot of people go what? And I'm like, no, I've never ever ever snoozed an alarm. 
and I just just like training is like if it goes off once if I don't get up now and I fall asleep there is no backup <laughs> my <laughs> husband he will snooze that goddamn alarm every like I think it's nine minutes or something stupid every nine minutes it will snooze it and he will do it for like an hour and a half and I'm like, what was the point in the first one? Like, if it doesn't wake you up, <laughs> it's not going to wake you up anymore in nine minutes. And he has an alarm clock for the deaf. So um, you have like a vibrating pad that goes underneath the mattress. Oh, my God. And, and it will like buzz the mattress. The first time that went off, I shat myself. I was so scared because all of a sudden the whole bed is shaking and I'm like, <gasps> and he was like, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's just my alarm. And I'm like, what the hell is that? Now the vibrating button is broken. So all it does is do like flashing lights, no noise because it's for an alarm for the deaf. And I'm waking him up like, hello. I keep having dreams about ambulances turning up because it's like flashing <laughs> lights in my periphery. It's awful. I hate alarms. I don't understand how people can't just turn it off and go, right, I'm up now. Yeah, my my alarm clock. I can't listen to the, the song I'm on a boat anymore. Um, oh. Not that I would turn <laughs> that on anyway, but my alarm for like waking up to go work at McDonald's when I was a teenager was I'm on a boat and I remember like Lonely Island on yeah, a, I'm on a boat. Yeah. Oh. And and now anytime Interesting I Interesting choice. <laughs> I, I learned I learned to hate that. I don't know why that was my my alarm clock, but now every time I hear it, I'm on a boat. I'm on a boat. I'm just like <laughs> <laughs> I start having like PTSD from it. Um I have the same with Welcome for the Welcome to the Jungle by Guns N' Roses. That was my ringtone for years. <laughs> so whenever the song plays, I start immediately like checking all of my pockets, like where's my phone? Where's my phone? My phone is ringing. And it hasn't been like that for over a decade, and yet I still look for my phone. Uh that or the Muppets theme tune, Manamana, do 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 do. Oh. I start looking for my phone as well because that was my alarm for years. That's hilarious. That's uh, I wanted to choose the most annoying song ever, and it is annoying, especially when it starts going to like the bridge when it's like, <laughs> and you're like, oh, turn it off. This is awful now. <laughs> yeah, my my mom's was always um, freaking system of a down. Wake up! But then she would only do that part, <laughs> so it would, it would just play over and over again. Wake up! Wake up! Oh, see, that would really annoy me because it would never finish the the sentence. Yeah. Oh, doorbell. Do you need to go get the door? <laughs> no. Okay. Don't worry about it. It's just it. going to be really loud. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Don't worry about it. Um. So a couple more favorite lines. I had a lot of favorite moments. I like this chapter and not, nothing really happens. Um. I really like the, where Hudson starts like threatening but you don't know what any of it means. Like, you don't know the severity of any of it because he's like, he says, uh, you know, basically, because she's she's thinking all these atrocious things about him. And then they start bickering back and forth. And then he throws out the, or I'll stop playing nice. And she's like, what are you going to do? Bite me? Like, what are you going to do? And then he decides to... Kyle punch the wall, which Kyle's are the male equivalents of the Karen. No offense to any <laughs> Karens or Kyle's out there, but the Kyle's are the ones who drink monster energy drinks and punch walls when they're angry. So that's the Kyle mm -hmm. punch. Um, 
this I just thought that autocorrect didn't let you write wall. <laughs> no, Kyle. It's like he, Kyle. Who's he, Kyle? He Kyle punched. You know that it's very interesting that he was able to punch and make an actual hole. It never gets explained either. No, I've always wondered like what and there are so many occasions where Hudson being able to, you know, punch things later in in the book might come in handy. Um so I, I also think that because uh, there's a point where he's also able to choke um, Jackson's heart with his hand. Yeah, oh, and the blood well, letters too. Um, so maybe I'm thinking that he is channeling Grace's power, but doesn't know it because he's so angry. Yeah, possibly because but- she also in the in the library she was concerned because the wall that she had built to like protect herself from Hudson like taking over had started to crumble down because he was moving it so maybe that was just like a manifestation of him gaining control again possibly yeah either way it was cool (laughs) it was it was cool and then my favorite quote was cool 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 Kyle cool um I don't know why this is my favorite it's my favorite quote out of the the whole book where he says um you're gonna push me too far one day you know that right and i don't know why but i i'm I'm like oh see i thought that the other quote would be your favorite because this one that one's my favorite no i like the i like that you're gonna push me too far one of these days because it's like one of those like like i'm a pusher you know especially when it comes to like to 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 like kinkiness like i want to i want to i want to push you i want to see oh you were a brat yeah i want to see how bad oh, okay how, uh, this makes so much sense now you you're a brat how, okay how mad can i make <laughs> how mad can i make you let's see how bad we can escalate uh, this situation no i am absolutely the most <laughs> submit like i did um i did i did a, a um a test uh once to try and like work out what your kinks were and mine is like you are 100 percent submissive <laughs> i was like oh <laughs> he's like yep <laughs> if anybody's gonna be like knelt at the front door with a french braid down her back just waiting naked <laughs> just kneeling at the floor that's you that's that's you gonna be for the rest of your life you're just like yes sir no sir three bags full sir okay channeling <laughs> your inner or your uh your 50 shades there. oh yeah just call me anastasia no she she was more she's definitely she was the, a brat yeah she she questioned everything and eventually got christian to change so but yeah that that's that's a um what's the word that's a, that's a bad pairing you yeah. can't have a brat with somebody who doesn't enjoy brats <laughs> um so after all this, uh, we we also find out that glamours don't work on Grace. I didn't I didn't mm-hmm. note that, but um, basically Macy yeah. does her glamour on herself, makes herself look good, and then the glamour doesn't work on on Grace. Mm-hmm. And Macy gets panicky. She's like, "Oh no, maybe my magic's not working." Yeah, <laughs> and she has to go and like, like I don't know whatever she does to the beaded curtain. She she kind of make sure that her magic is working but that that comes after my favorite quote which i thought was your favorite quote and it was can you just stop oh yeah. not forever but just just for now and like that that quote like really means a lot to like to somebody with anxiety someone who gets 
very overwhelmed. Sensory overwhelm is a huge thing in my life. And sometimes it's like, can you just stop? Like, I don't want you to walk away. I don't want you to leave me. I don't want you to, to not care about me anymore. So not forever, but just stop for now. And yeah, I can under completely like sympathize with Hudson. No matter what is going on in his head, no matter what he's thinking about, that sentence, like, you know that he is at his limit. And he's like, I cannot take any more. I need you to stop. Yeah. And she doesn't even know what he like means, like stop what? And he's like, the fact that you don't know makes this even worse. And it's like, oh, yeah, baby I, Hudson. I felt really bad. Like that was that was one of those like that whole chapter made me because mm-hmm. you got so you got all of his emotions like you got you got some humor from him. You got like anger and then you got anguish. So, yeah. You got all all of Hudson in that chapter, and I think that's why it, I like it so much. Um, but then Macy and Grace go down to the cafeteria. Um, mm-hmm. c- coffee at school. Do, is that something that I, we would never be allowed to? <laughs> if we brought it ourselves, really? like in a tumbler or something, it would be fine. But they would never serve us coffee at school. Oh, well, tea, tea and coffee and hot chocolate and soup, weirdly, was served in one of those like hot drink vendor machines oh. uh, and you can you could go and get it. But I always really like didn't kind of get on board with the idea that the hot chocolate came out of the same tube as the soup. Um, Ew. I, I, I didn't know how the machinery or the engineering worked and I didn't want to go and find out. Like, I didn't want to be that weirdo who was like tilting their head oh. upside down to try and see whether it was like coming out of different tubes. But yeah. <laughs> I it was very suspicious and um, yeah. Uh, and it was the kind of like a, it was like a payment gateway. Like if you were 11 years old, your mum might not have actually given you any money to be able to go to the vending machine to buy it. Whereas when you were 16 years old, you more likely had a Saturday job or right. pocket money. So then you would be able to buy it. Nobody was stood there like waiting to catch people who were underage. <laughs> um, and also like coffee isn't so much of a staple in our culture. Uh, tea very much is. But when you are... 11 or 12 like it's not something that you crave you don't go oh really fancy a cup of tea like it's a you go around your nans and your nan might offer one but you don't necessarily like the taste coffee is just not so much like i think coffee is very much a when i'm about 16 i might try a latte with a lot of sugar and you go this is okay but it was only because of all the syrup and the sugar in it i still don't enjoy coffee coffee was the u.s's uh take a stand against the brits after the boston tea party we actually started uh drinking more coffee because it was a statement just like we stopped uh, <laughs> we didn't bring bidets from france because we didn't want to be associated with the french that's why even though most you know other countries utilize bidets they're they're everybody's like ew a bidet when you go to the u.s i'm like no most other countries have them americans just like to walk around with dirty butts uh, other than my family, where we are dedicated bidet users. So while the whole world <laughs> was freaking out, not having toilet paper, um, my butt was clean. So <laughs> I love how snooty I got there. I'm like, my butt was clean. Um, we're at 45 minutes. I've got one more point for, for this part. And then 
on to spoilers. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, in the Crave universe, they use Luderes to choose the mated couple that will be on the circle. So basically, that's who runs their government. So my question is, <laughs> if there was a game that had to be played in order to choose who runs your government, what game would you want? Pictionary. Really? Yep. Or Scrabble. Why? Because I ain't doing nothing physical. What about chess? At least you have to think. Oh, God. <laughs> if I don't know how to play chess. I... <laughs> Scott's only just started to teach me and he was just like, okay, where, where does this, well, this one free... go? And I'm like, it's... it goes two speed. No, one. No, <laughs> diagonally. <laughs> You're not running for government. I'm saying so you could choose the proper elected officials. Oh, I see. Yeah. If, if I was the game adjudicator. Yeah. If you got to pick the game okay, in order okay, to choose okay, the very okay. best you know individual to run risk i think that risk is a really long and boring game to so many people and people would only play the game if they knew that they could win it and also were willing to sit for the eight hours that it takes to play it either that or settlers Catan. that's also one of the ones where you're just like oh come on this is never gonna end or monopoly Monopoly would um, be a good one, though it's a, think, a lot of I chance think. and chances. It is, it is, but at the same time, you would know whether they would look after the money. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Like if they're in debt by the end of the game, you know, to not let them run the country. Yeah. Um. Or. Yeah, I, I think Monopoly would be a good one, and maybe like I don't know, Battleship. Depends on what country it is. Like, if you need, if you need battleship. to battleship, battleship, connect four. Yeah, connect four. <laughs> Tic tac toe. Dominoes. <laughs> All right. Are you ready to go into spoilers? We'll yes. have to kind of rush through them. Yes. Okay. okay. So, <laughs> I didn't want to forget that. Um, so, it starts off with um, a Hudson kind of really lynching Jackson's date. Oh, yeah. And I feel a bit bad. But there's a bit where he's like, it's. It's uh, it's tacos, not a trip to Paris. And made, something made me think, like, did he take her to Paris? Oh. Because is Paris a location for you that is, like, epitome of romance? Yes. Okay. Yes. Jim, my stepdad, uh, has been to Paris, and he brought back all the souvenirs. I have so many things from Paris. But it's, yeah, we... Even in my book, remember? Is, is I, it because it's un- unattainable? Yes, that's exactly okay. why. That's why it's in all the movies. Um, it's it's very much like, you know, when we, we think about, ooh, go to Paris, fancy food, pretty music, everybody eats snails. Like, that's that's exactly what we what we assume here. Um, so, <laughs> okay. yeah. Yeah, I was just wondering whether, because he's like, they couldn't have spent the year and a half literally just in his lair like surely I mean, they moved i i don't i don't i think they stayed in the lair i think that they were locked <laughs> together like, they That's, did their own they did their own social distancing <laughs> yeah they were they were locked in there together with vr and i don't know puzzles like and, a bunker <laughs> yeah they were in they were in hudson's bunker just but they were hunkered in the bunker <laughs> oh okay well yeah i, I kind of have like visions of because hudson has lived longer than her so even if it it wasn't a physical taking of her to paris he could still do it by playing one of his memories of paris 
Yeah. So yeah. But yeah, it was the way that he was he said it, it was like it's tacos, not a trip to Paris. And I was like, oh, wonder whether he took because to us, yes, Paris is very romantic and stuff, but because we live so close to it, we most likely have already been at some point in our lives. It's not that great. It's a lot of traffic. Um and literally you go and see the Eiffel Eiffel Tower and it's really underwhelming. <laughs> so, um so yeah, I I want just maybe it's a cultural thing where I read it and think, oh, maybe he did actually take a it's only a trip across the pond. Yeah. yeah. Any anything you know, even you live by Stonehenge, but here like Stonehenge, you see it in all like the alien documentaries and like we've gotten our in our head that it's <laughs> yeah. huge and magical and yeah. I mean, it is, but when you drive past it every other day and you just see the sheep just walking around, <laughs> it really, really brings you home to the fact that it's just a pile of rocks. Yeah. Um. So there is a scene in the library where Grace defends Jackson. Um, and it, it was like where Jackson was walking over to something and Hudson looked like he was about to kick him in the face. Yeah. He bent and, down to um, the bookshelf. Yeah. And she's like, don't you dare. You don't, you don't, you dare do it. And Hudson was like, wow, overprotective much. And then he gets like this really quiet, solemn look on his face and then just walks off. Um, and that is the seed where we learn that in, but by the end of, uh, crush, he knows how to save her. And that's when he says that he found the um, the information, yeah. which means that that book was nowhere near Jackson's radar. <laughs> he, he had no idea that that book could have been useful. Um, but yeah, that was when he walked off. And I'm wondering whether he kind of just assumed that Grace was going to get hurt defending Jackson time and time and time oh. again. Yeah. And you know, something, something else I picked up on is he went down what, what Grace had called the gargoyle path. Because it's the, all the little statues on the bookshelves. And it's kind of mm -hmm. weird that the gargoyle path led Hudson to the book that would tell him how to save her. Mm. Very, yeah. very odd. Very odd. Um, there was another scene that, that stood out to me where Jackson's, he's like smiling and laughing and, you know, talking. Because Grace says, you know, about, oh, vampires can't what was it can't pass pass a threshold without being invited in and dragon's hoard treasure and jackson's like no that's that's totally true like about dragons and he's like smiling super goofy but then like his smile quickly fades the second that he mentions dragon's hoarding treasure and i'm like is this was this the first like reference that we get to him like maybe thinking about flint yeah maybe because it's really weird that like his smile just like immediately faded after. Yeah, like I did think that it was it was never referenced in any of the other books either. Because um, I was like, oh, maybe it was like a jealousy thing that he's like, oh, Flint better not hoard you. Because right. at that point, he still doesn't know that Flint is gay. I think he at least, I mean, well, maybe. I was going to say, I think that he has. There's to definitely some rivalry though. Yeah. Over Grace. Yeah. Because if, if you know full well that your best friend is very, very gay, is not interested in women at all, you wouldn't see a threat when he's talking to your girlfriend in a corridor about taking him, her for a ride on his dragon. Yeah. 
Like you would laugh at it. You you would laugh because you'd be like, like that's not going to happen. There's no way of this innuendo being anything other than just an innuendo. Um, but he does. He takes offense to it, and he he sees that there's a risk, there's a threat there, and it's because he still thinks that Flint kind of has a claim to her, especially as she forgave him so fast in his eyes. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. um, the next, the next one is that the gargoyle king is mentioned so briefly <laughs> and Grace doesn't have any questions about him whatsoever. She's like, okay, so the gargoyle king, she's not even then like making references when they mention that Ludez is the way that they're going to choose the seats on the circle and that if she wins, she could be the gargoyle queen. She's n- like nothing. She's like, yep, yeah, cool. There's this person that existed. He died. Cyrus killed him with an eternal bite. Cool. Moving on with the conversation. I'm not going to learn anything more. She's not curious at all. <laughs> yeah. She's she's not inquisitive enough. No. And he's like someone that is so important. And she doesn't want to find out the history of the Gargoyle King at all. One of the last Gargoyles ever, ever like recorded, recorded. And he was a seat of the circle and everything. And she's just like, oh, okay, cool. Well, it doesn't sound like Jackson really really knows. Oh, no jacks jackson's terrible at giving her uh any kind of research because yeah. he's he's tried multiple times and failed every single time to ever have a study session with her yeah and i also love that he's like he says um nobody knows how, how gargoyles were created and he's like well that that's not true i don't know i'm like yeah nobody knows and i don't know are <laughs> It's like, okay, nobody knows out of the 7 billion people on the planet, but I don't know, therefore the other 7 billion people do not. <laughs> Just the way that he worded it, that was like the most pretentious way to, to say something. <laughs> nobody knows. Well, no, no, I don't know, but... Yeah. um and the other thing that just like it really gives you the idea of how the rest of the books are going to go is when grace is being kind of discussed at the the table as everyone's going to be there to protect her if they do play ludez and she she's like in need of saving and they're all going to save her but the one person who doesn't say anything about her needing rescue is hudson and she turns to him like almost like without even like asking him a question and he goes oh you could kick our asses like no question about it and then some um and it's just so nice to just read someone's unrelenting faith in their partner even when they're not their partner it was just yeah yeah even when sweet even when grace had no faith in herself like Mm -hmm. if you can everybody's just perpetuating that she doesn't have faith in herself and everybody's like no you you need protection you need a rescue exactly so that's that makes her believe like oh maybe i really do need to be protected but then hudson is the first one in this world to be like no like you you're a badass you got this you got this and and i can't imagine that they did much combat or anything physical like beating someone up or anything when they were trapped together either (laughs) so he's not even really got any experience to go go on other than her character and the way that she just doesn't give up. Yeah, purely her personality and past stories mm-hmm. that she told him about her childhood. Yeah. Yeah. So, the last one. This may annoy you. So, the bit where we're in the shower. Uh-huh. Uh, we're talking about the shower and how um, he was saying, like, you're right. You have, like, no idea what it's like to be me. Uh-huh. 
Um, and then she starts ruminating and says, like, oh, it's a perfect time for me to take the shower because she doesn't, she doesn't really know what to say back to him. And then she says, oh, I'm pretty sure that Hudson will have absolutely no interest in breaking his promise. He didn't promise anything. He just said that he wasn't going to look. Like, promise was not mentioned at any point until she went. He probably has no in- interest in, in breaking his promise. He then says, I wouldn't break my promise anyway. The comment slides insidiously into my mind so slowly and quietly that it takes me a moment to even recognise it for what it is. I reckon he made that promise to her whilst they were trapped. In it was the, the same promise in the gargoyle. It was the same promise that he did with the solely promise ring. And it was only when he said it a third time in court was when she suddenly get her, gets all of her memories back. And it's because it's been a repetitive phrase every uh. single time. Yeah, I re- I did notice it when I read it um, today. It didn't make sense in the scene. It didn't make sense. I was like, wait, what? he didn't promise anything. And then I was like, but he did promise something later, which we didn't know when we first read through Crush. You're right. I think you're right. I think he promised it to her while they were in in the gargoyle, whether it was like the last thing that they said, like, uh, like no matter what happens... This is my my promise, or or whether it was just something that he just kept repeating. But the only time that he said it outside was when she was making Google eyes at him, and she probably wasn't registering what he said. I do think that that was what happened. It wasn't like some nefarious person making sure that she couldn't hear the promise. I think it was just she was just distracted and looking into his eyes. And then when he finally did say it, it was like um uh like an amnesia trigger, like like something that like anchored her back to those memories. And all of a sudden she remembered everything and it all came rushing back. And it was because it was the same phrase repeated over and over and over again. Yeah. We've only got, we've only got a couple months until charm. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be, I think it was supposed to be this month, but it got pushed back to summer. Goddamn paper shortage. I know. Right. But um, the thing is, I know that court still really kind of isn't available in Britain yet. <laughs> so I'm probably going to need you to buy Charm for me as well. <laughs> yeah, I've got two copies of Court and I keep going to Barnes & Noble looking for the Dragon Court edition. And now they don't have it. They Every time I go, we've been three times. Every time we're going to go. Are they get, sold out? It, they've, got, they've just got the regular. Um, I, I haven't seen oh. Dragon Court. Every time we go, we're going to go to Starbucks. Even Mark is the one who goes, let's go to Barnes and Noble instead so we can see if Amber's book is here. Oh, yeah, we, we, we always go He's to the Barnes sweetie. and Noble one just to make sure. And I will, I sift through the whole, because they put them out on the tables, you know, the new releases. Yeah. And I look like under them all to see if there's one underneath. And so far there hasn't been. So <laughs> if all else fails, I'm just going to send you Vampire Court because that's the only one Target sells. I'll be happy with, I'll be happy with any of them. Yeah. Like. We, literally you can't get your hands on a physical copy which is like kind of concerning for the rest of the series yeah. as well because it's like okay i not only am just a fan of the books i also need to read it for the podcast so if like kindle edition is my only option then i'm gonna only pre-order the kindle because even pre-ordering the hardback you don't get it it doesn't arrive in the post so yeah I'm kind of concerned that just like UK fans will just never be able to touch court pages ever. Oh well, it just came out though. There's it, eventually. <laughs> the thing is, it's not in shops. It's not on Amazon. It's nowhere. It's like an elusive, it's an elusive book. I know. 
I posted um our our ASMR for the week. It posted a little later um on Sunday. It was uh Starry Night in Hudson and Grace's lighthouse. And, and I had posted something about it on uh Instagram on our Instagram page, Crave Series Aesthetic, and someone commented and said, Why why post court spoilers? And I'm like, Okay, first of all, we're a Crave page, so eventually we're gonna have to talk about court. But second, um, this isn't really a spoiler, it's a it's a location. So Yeah. Like eventually we we do have to be able to post about it's not book. it's not a solution to anything either. It's like just a location where they have to kind of hold down and then all of a sudden something happens and Hudson has to just buy it because Grace breaks it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's not a um it's not a oh that's where the crown's been hidden this entire time. Yeah. <laughs> and and we I mean it really didn't play as big a role as I thought. I I thought that they were going to like go back to it, be happy ever happily ever after in the lighthouse. Yeah. yeah. Like that's got way more like cute memories attached to it than San Diego does. Yeah. Meh. <laughs> except, except that Heather's in San Diego. So yeah. freaking Heather Wear Crab. Heather Wear Crab. I hope that she I'm be- so I'm so upset that she wasn't a wear crab. I hope she becomes a major character in Well, like my, my concern is, okay. So like warlocks had to give up their powers to be able to be with a human. Right? Yeah. Do dragons have to do something to be able to be with a human? I don't know. That's... I hope not. That's awful. That would be like... Yeah, because that's like a full, like... Giving up, like, your magic is different than, like, carving out your heart. <laughs> like, what if it's like dragon heart and they share the heart and they're forever together? I used to love that movie. That's a That very- was one of my favorite movies. Great movie. Guys, you should go watch Dragon Heart. It's great. It's so- got Peter Potter... Potter, Potter puff weight in it <laughs> the second one's puss, good too believe puss, it or puss, not puss most of the time hey, yeah sequels aren't that good i mean the animation isn't good but the the movie itself that was <laughs> i watched i used to have the second one on vhs and i would just watch it over and over again but um well anyway guys you need to go and watch your baby be born yes um i need to go for a dog walk both equally exciting activities yes uh one is um probably going to take a lot longer than the other and we'll let the yeah, viewers it's the it's 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 them definitely my one yeah <laughs> i have a corgi guys he doesn't stop <laughs> <laughs> all right guys thanks so much for listening um make sure that you go check out the youtube channel where we post our asmrs every sunday unless i forget uh <laughs> <laughs> I forgot last week, but I, I did end up posting And it. make your suggestions as well. Like, we've got a long list of them, but if one gets requested more often than the other, then we'll make sure that that one's the one that gets released first. Yeah, and those don't post anywhere but the YouTube channel, so make sure that you go subscribe to that at Crave the Book Podcast. Uh, even if you listen to these on Spotify, you have to be on the YouTube channel to be able to hear the ASMRs, which are great for reading or studying or sleeping or whatever you want to do. But guys, thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.